Hello and welcome to episode 329 of the Crate and Crowbar PC gaming podcast being recorded on the 25th of June 2020, a sweltering hot day. I am almost liquid. I'm also Marsh Davis and I'm joined by a roasty Alex Wiltshire. Hey, hello. And a sizzling Tom Senior. Good day. So apologies for the tonal whiplash this will induce, but I feel like we need to address the industry news this week. It has uh, obviously been extraordinarily mm. bad uh, with the outing of a large number of sexual harassers and uh, criminal predators in all kinds of positions across the industry. Um, and really the sort of the prevalence and extremity of uh, the behavior that's been described is really just incredibly dismaying. And if it, if it wasn't already clear from the, the previous wave of Me Too revelations, there's obviously something about our industry's culture which just allows this stuff to happen. Um, and I, I don't know about you guys, but certainly this this round has really prompted sort of a lot of reflection on my part on how um, I've just failed to challenge that the sort of boys' club atmosphere which makes people feel that they're permitted to behave in these ways or how I might have just inadvertently helped cultivate it, you know, um, and obviously how I can personally go about changing the way I behave to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I don't really have any useful insights into into this and I don't really want to drag us into a discussion of this because this podcast should uh, or can at least offer maybe a brief respite from the fucking nightmare world that surrounds us. But it seemed just too important not to acknowledge that this stuff is still fucking happening and that we have just an like an urgent duty to to make changes mm. in the way we work to stop it happening in the future yeah 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 this, this was like so at pc gamer we've recently been doing our top 100 discussions um and a lot of the games that come quite highly were written by chris avalon who is one of the people who have been picked out um in this particular controversy um and there's that decision where it's like actually games are made by loads of people not just him and like you shouldn't put that great work into a bin just because of one man but you should also acknowledge somehow that he is apparently according to allegations being a total shit <laughs> um so yeah this has been a quite like interesting difficult period for the games industry yeah yeah i mean i i mean i would add i i mean I, I do feel that it's being identified in the game industry at the moment you know within the sphere that we you know work and 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 kind of live within it is also prevalent everywhere else as well i mean i mm. i would i would i would say that you know i would extend that thoughtfulness to all aspects of of life you know not just not just gaming related ones. I think that it's um, identifying a long running, you know, a long running festering kind of sore that's existed in society for all this time. And, and um, yeah, I think, I think you're right, Marsh, to, um, that, that this is a time for reflection on that. Yeah. Um, this is a hard thing to segue out of, but uh, segue we shall, um, in order to, talk about video games in order to make ourselves feel a little bit better about this terrible world that we live in. 
Um, what have you been playing this week, Alex? Well, um, so I've been playing Satisfactory. Uh, um, I've been meaning to play Satisfactory for quite a while now. I think there was a um, the, the reveal video. Um, was that, I can't remember exactly when it was. I think maybe an E3, maybe two years ago. Um, it's been out on obviously it's been out on the um, the Epic Game Store for for a good year, at least a year now, and it came out on Steam um, last week, I think, maybe the week before. Um, and this is <laughs> it's really, really, it's really good. It's really, really good. Oh, so um, it is a, uh, a first person 3D um, factory building game. It's basically it is Factorio, but in first person. Um, but I mean, I I am bounced off Factorio. I think probably about six or seven times now. Like you know, I think I've talked on the pod in the past um, about the way I play games today. I think I probably would have been obsessed with it when I was much younger. But now I'm not so um, time rich, and um, uh, I. I just found it very difficult to kind of to get around the hump of learning it and then to find the 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 challenges the kind of challenges in you know building a machine that works and and then kind of making it work well um I just couldn't get into that challenge um and satisfactory has exactly the same challenge <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're making machines, you're putting them down, and then you've got to wire stuff up to them and to make and feed materials in to get an own end product. And but for some reason, like well, I I've had to say for some reason, I think I know some of the reason why, but it has completely grabbed me. I I really love it. Um so uh in in Satisfactory, um you start off kind of in this kind of pod and you're just sort of uh, it presumably in orbit around a, a like an alien planet and you're kind of jettisoned down um you're in the pod it's all in first person from the start you can see going through the atmosphere out the window and you're holding on and physics stuff is happening all around you and it's kind of exciting from that moment and you touch ground and then the pod opens and and you are you are just in the world and this is a good this is a good alien world you know like despite it being um a uh despite it being a um a, a factory building game um it's actually a good space kind of exploration game like a, a sort of alien planet exploration game as well there there are kind of interesting biomes to explore and um there are kind of monsters to 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 to, to kill and um things to discover like spread out across this vast huh. world um and uh and it's 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 exciting to to explore it i it it has the air of being um randomly generated like you know procedural um um not in the sense of it being boring but simply because it's so big you kind of i associate that kind of thing now with procedural stuff like a big expansive world um but it's actually all hand um made um which means it's it's interesting it's just well paced and that kind of thing it's kind of it's worth exploring but um but you know from the off you're going to be putting down your kind of buildings and you know your workshops so you can start making stuff and and you know getting you know as you sort of mine out some iron ore and you find some recipes that kind of allow you to build your first smelters and your first mining machines and your first conveyor belts and things um 
you know, but every step along that line is feels like you're doing it, you know, you're doing it for yourself. Like you're on this planet and you've, you've, you've made it for yourself. It has a bit of that Minecraft feel to it, where you've carved out your space on this planet. Um, and at the start of the game, um, you're initially going for, and I kind of apologize because, um, I mean, certainly uh, one of our uh, community members, Kane, who's um, on our Discord, he's like a massive Satisfactory fan. And I kind of apologize to him for my faltering efforts here because I, you know, I'm nothing like as proficient as him. But um, initially in the game, you're, uh, you've got your kind of you've got this sort of um base thing which is telling you uh what to try to make next it says oh make this number of iron bars and that number of this and num that number of that and if you put you know in put them into the this you know into your kind of hopper thing then uh, we'll unlock this stuff for you and you can go on to the next tier and you can make new stuff and it kind of expands out like that but you constantly got something to aim for and that's like the, one of the first reasons i find it sort of you know much more comprehensible you know much more um uh um engaging than i found factorio factorio puts you on a tutorial and you're kind of told to do a thing and to solve the thing and this one it says we want these materials and it lets me just dick about and it's all from the first person so it feels it, it's totally physicalized you know you see your machines you can see them moving and as you um you know you when you set up your first miner and you see this great drill come down you know from the top of the machine and then digging into the earth and there's kind of kind of dust going everywhere and then you attach your conveyor belt to it and then you see this stuff just flowing out from it up the conveyor belt and you attach that to a smelter and then you know once you've wired that to you know the the, the power source that's on your base and it starts up and you can as even when you go in to inspect it with when you're pressing the e button next to it and you cut this little screen and you inspect it you there's an on off switch in it and you switch it on and off and it just sort of powers up and down and you're right there and it's just it's that physicalization yeah. as well that really makes it kind of yeah this is my machine <laughs> and 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 i constantly you're getting these little little milestones little milestones and because i'm not being given uh any tutorials on no this is the you need to grab a hand and you need to gr put the grab a hand this orientation to get this off that which is very much factorio style it's much more factorio is a little bit more pernickety um you know, which is not to say that Fat Satisfactory is kind of easy. I'm constantly screwing stuff up and things aren't working properly and I have to go and take it all apart again. But it's just, I feel like I'm learning it on my, off my own bat with tools that I know because it's first person and I look somewhere and I go in the menu and I place it there. You know, it's, uh, and interspersed and, and as you were going along here, uh, you you know you leave your machine running as it's making a bunch of um, um, iron plates or something um, for the next order, and you go off and explore for a bit, and you go off and you find some weird precious stuff which you're then told is useful because you bring it back and you can research it and you know haven't seen this pink stuff oh it's quartz and quarks you can research and that's will lead lead to you being able to unlock other recipes and and there are other you know a better thing for killing uh, beasties and you know th there's jetpacks to find and there are cars you can build and 
and this game is vast. I mean, it's the, the world is vast and, you know, I'm still not really quite comprehending just how large it is because I've, you know, I've reached the, the edges, but I think that my starting point is quite, you know, on the edge. Um, there's a huge interior area that I just haven't really gone into yet. Like there are some areas that are gated off because they're kind of filled with this poisonous gas stuff, which I haven't got any, I just can't survive yet. But most, most you know, it's very open, the rest of it, and, I, and governed really by my ability to, to walk there and back, you know, within the time it takes me to go back to the base, you know, because I need to look after stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I could talk about this for ages, but there's there's one thing that I one moment in it that happened the other night that made me so excited and pleased with myself um, that I couldn't sleep (laughs) (laughs) was when I hooked up my power, my coal power station. And um, so, so up until that point um, uh, I had, I had automated machines. Like I was, I was dredging up um, resources from the ground and, you know, I had hooked them up to, uh, you know, fabricated machines, which, fundamentally automated the process of making stuff um, except for the fact that I was having to put the energy in because um, I only had biofuel um, uh, power uh, generators. Um, Obviously you need power generators and and power lines and things uh, hooked up to everything in order um, for everything to work. Um, But coal power is the moment where um, if you can source coal, and you put a miner on it, get the coal into the thing, and then you find a water source and run pipes um, from that water source to the coal, the power station. Now you've got automated power, and like now your machine will work Ooh. completely outside of your stuff. But for me, this was a, a vast job. So the, the nearest coal field, like, so there's so many steps. And this is what really makes me proud. There are so many steps involved. I've got to source coal. And it's actually fairly easy. There's a way that you can just scan for stuff. So, but the nearest one was like one and a half kilometers away. So I had to go out there, had some adventures and try, you know, sort of facing animals on the way there, you know, cleared them all out. Once you've created, killed creatures, by the way, they've, they're kind of gone. I mean, I don't know whether they respawn later on in the game or something, but like, you know, once they're gone, they're gone forever. So you're, you don't under... <laughs> threat of attack all the time but when you go into a new area essentially purging this world and scaring it for all so that i mean that is the subtext you are really really doing nasty stuff to this country you know the smelters belch out black smoke (laughs) and i know that once you have nuclear power stations you create nuclear waste (laughs) so so you are you know there is a subtext to this which is you know build do what you like but you're, you're making the world a worse place for it. Um, but yeah, like, so, so uh, it was a long way, had adventures getting there. Then I had to build the power station, you know, get the miner there. And I built a conveyor belt all the way from from the, 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 the coal source all the way back to my base. And it's just so good. You're just seeing this coal coming from the, the far distance. It's got a very long draw distance. You can just see this line of coal just coming towards me. It's just so good. Then I had to sort out the pipes coming from a, um, a body of water that I discovered um, up a hill because you do need to build your um, pipes downwards unless you build pumps into it to get it upwards. So then I had that all hooked up. And the moment it um, switched on and I could get rid of my biofuel stuff, uh, it was so good. Like, obviously, it was interspersed with everything shorting out because I hadn't managed my power correctly. But, oh, my God, I was so pleased with myself. Now I have two of these things. I've got, you know, I've got sort of, I divide up my pipes of, you know, your sort of, 
you could you can do as much close related stuff as you like like you can you can spend loads of time optimizing like there's ways of running overclocking stuff um but then they they increase you know so that you can get um the rate of production to match the number of resources going in so you're you're looking at the speed of conveyor belts the speed of production how fast the next thing down the chain will 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 will, will need those resources that you know the, the products mm. that you're making um but then of course it, that changes the power needs and like it's just it's really 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 good <laughs> really good i'm interested that you found it uh the, the first person so much more approachable because that does sound more approachable to me but also from the perspective of laying down a complex machine it sounds right. like it'd be less useful than an isometric perspective yeah so so i think that factorio is more pernickety in the sense that uh the way that you ha you have to lay out things in a you know in a in a slightly you know like the grabby arms have to be here and they have to orientate just right it's a bit looser um satisfactory um and i'm constantly messing stuff up you know you know i'll uh I, the the conveyor belt they, the, the conveyor belts are fairly when you lay them you know it's really simple and it's very satisfying um to to do that you to to, to put a conveyor belt from a, an exit point to an entry point on a, on two machines you 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 click on one and then you look around to the exit point the other and it just this this thing just woof, zooms between the two and it feels great, but I'm constantly getting it wrong. Um, and it won't connect properly. You know, it just like it's too steep or the corner right. it needs to turn is too, uh, too, um, sharp, but because it's so physicalized and I could have just looked a bit harder, I just feel that, well, that's fair enough. So you don't feel the kind of same need to optimize the layout of things as I, in, as in fact, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. I do. Well, I mean, Again, it's I, I feel I want to, but it, it's self-driven. If I feel it's self-driven, I want I want it to be good, but the game isn't telling me it has to be. I feel that I would be embarrassed for, for instance, Kane to see my factory, <laughs> which is all higgledy piggledy. That started off with good intentions, and now I've got this rat's nest of kind of conveyor belts because of a particular way I laid out the way that the you know the where the oil the, the the, the steel line is kind of on the edge because I put it on last, but then these products now need to go right to the other side at the back of the thing. So they've got this awful, terrible loops of stuff going all over the place now. Um, but I'm relishing actually, the, you know, now I understand a bit more about how better to be efficient about my, um, my, uh, yeah, sort of iron ore production in particular and i found some richer sources and i'm actually relishing and they are on a plane because at the moment i'm building on a hill and i'm kind of relishing the idea of just going okay i'm going to rebuild the i'm going to rebuild this factory it's going to be the best factory you've ever fucking seen <laughs> and you know and that and, and that's self-driven um i mean the game is nudging you in that direction like right now um oh actually there's one more thing i've got to describe Right now, I've got an order for quite well for me very advanced products and a lot of them, and it's just going to take a long time to make them. And if I want to make five hundred of these things, it's either I have to wait around for ages, you know, during which I can explore and stuff. There's other things I could do, or I could build my second factory. Who knows? I can do what I like, but um, you know, I you know it would be a good idea to kind of if that's the measure of stuff later on and these become the kind of the mid-tier things i need to make and always have on hand i'm gonna to have to get more efficient but that's cool i like that that that's 
I mean, this is a this is a factory game, and I do like Opus Magnum. You know, mm. it's that's 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 where this lies, and it is tickling a part of my mind that that does actually like that kind of thing. Um, just to just to just to I have to tell you about the space the space elevator. Please, please um, tell me. <laughs> so uh, um, at a certain point, um, the next stage you need to uh, the next thing you need to build is a space elevator, which I didn't really know what I was getting into. What does a space elevator look like? I don't know. This one's really big. I mean, it's it's really really big to the extent that I can see it <laughs> from wherever I've gone on the map. <laughs> it's really handy because it's sticking right up into the air, into infinity. It goes up into the sky as far as you can. And when I built it for the first time, um, uh, for, so 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 the kind of the, the 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 base kind of part kind of all assembled in a kind of wonderful way but then uh, in the closing part of the animation of its construction this 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 wire came down from infinity space came down uh with these hook kind of bits on it and they lowered down onto this base that constructed around the, you know on, on the ground and these vast huge hooks clanked into place to hold this kind of this wire into in position which presumably is you know connected to whatever's in orbit or whatever but like oh my god this is huge and it's just this game i i don't know what engine they're using i don't know what technology they're using but it is remarkably like you know being able to see things working from a very far distance is amazing. Being able to see that far is is, is amazing. I watched a video um, earlier on today um, about um, uh, what are called hypertubes, which are these tubes that you can you can establish. They're a bit like pipe, well, they're pipes, but they're for transporting you. So you jump into it and it zooms you through very very quickly. And um, and it turns out that if you put uh, multiple entry points next to each other it speeds you up into infinity kane actually sent it to me um and um uh and you can go really really quickly and sort of go into space but like you know the, this this player um you, he could see his original base right into the distance and sort of and then you know smoothly like he's jettisoned with this launcher um very very quickly across the whole map and it's just runs it all and all this time the machine's working everything animating Oh, it's so good. I could talk about it for ages, but it's such a good game. It's such a good game. It sounds amazing. It sounds like the kind of game I wish I would be good at. <laughs> so that's what I felt about Factorio. Yeah. I wish I could be good at Factorio and it's turned me off over and over. Like, if if you do, it might be worth you having a little tinkle. I might have a little tinkle. I'm excited by the exploration part of it as well. I think one of the things that these games like Opus Magnum, which is obviously a different sort of game, but it's very abstract and quite cold uh and uh having it rooted in a kind of larger environment might be sort of a bit more of incentive for me to to pursue these things yeah i mean what they've nailed is that physicality like it's you in a place it it has the minecraft feel you know the mm. fact that you know you you can do what you like you know um it's much more directed than than minecraft actually um but with that it's the fidelity is that much higher you know and it's not procedural so mm. there are things out there to discover um you know that that meaningfully affect the the things that you can do um and that that's that's a really strong pull and the pacing's really really good as well like you find stuff just just when you're proficient enough in what you already know that you don't feel overloaded by the idea of 
of the prospect of learning a new thing. It's just when you're ready, and it's what just when you kind of need that extra, um, lim- you know, the, the, the sort of the limitations just to be taken off a little bit, so that to meet the next challenge. So you know, the it's incredible the pacing uh, they've um, achieved with it. Hmm. Are you ever actually incentivized to go out and explore, or is that always kind of player directed? Uh, I mean, you so in order to get coal for the power station, oh, right, you, um, I needed to go out and I needed to, but I, yeah. you, you can scan, so it's not undirected. So I can go off in a in a direction, hmm. but there's lots to it to encourage you just to to strike off in a direction, which I constantly do, and you know I'll find there are loads of these because it's in early access still. There are all these what what strange artifacts, glowing sort of red crystals and and odd eldritch balls and things hanging in space which which are named wip um, <laughs> do not try do not try to uh, research doesn't do anything yet <laughs> so i have a chest full of that i stuff. mean that's exactly <laughs> like the kind of thing super intelligent aliens would say in order to uh, <laughs> accessing the orbits. <laughs> temp no t- uh, landing on titan right that's uh... <laughs> that oh god that's yeah. so good I haven't heard you yeah. this excited about a game in ages. No, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah that's true. I don't. It's yeah, I haven't wanted just to spend so much time in a game for a long, such you know, for ages. You know, I literally have played it for hours at a stretch, which I have not done since Monster Hunter World. I would say. Hmm. What have you played, Tom? Well, um, I've got a couple of games to talk about. The first one. It's not a PC game, so uh, I have to apologise in advance to our listeners. Um, but one of the biggest points of feedback we've had on the podcast forever is that can we please talk about console games occasionally? <laughs> because like people want to hear about our views. Um, and I've been playing The Last of Us Part Two, and I have indeed finished it. You finished it? Oh wow! Okay, it's all done. Is it as uh, as a joyous a thrill ride that uh, it purports to be? <laughs> it's a gr- it's a grim fucking thing. Like, do you really... feel relieved you finished it? I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I feel relieved. I, th- I, I like there's generally good stories there. There are good characters that like you want to see like how it all turns out. Um, but it has such a pessimistic, you know, angle on human nature and what will happen in a disaster that like it's really wearying uh, Mm. as as you go through this game and it's it's incredibly violent of course um as the first game was and the violence is like disturbingly well observed in the sense that i think i remember uh seeing an interview where they said they actually looked at people being killed and then a sort of uh yep sort of modeled people's death animations based on that yeah um and for what's basically a um like a walking dead comic book story you don't you don't need to do that (laughs) you don't don't need to do that um there's there's a bunch of stuff that i like about it in terms of um the performances the performance capture uh the writing and the cutscenes are exceptional like they're really 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 super super strong um and i i'm a guy who just 
like skips over cutscenes constantly, but I found all of them riveting and full of like actual like genuine shocking moments. Um, so they, they could have made a good film. Um, but as a game, oh my god, it's so grim. <laughs> it's so grim. <laughs> um, and not just because of like so the um, the zombies or the infected or whatever are like kind of in the background. They're sort of like a background noise, and that's why humans are kind of like bunking down in different uh, districts and then going to war. Um, but there are actually like full full on war scenes in that game, and the message is that humans <laughs> should die out basically because. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because basically, like, it's just horrible. Like, it's all horrible. Because <laughs> um, the first game, the first game, I, I remember the zombies were like half half the time you're fighting other people, and the other half you're fighting the zombies. That balance is tipped very much in towards people. Then, yeah, definitely. So uh, I'd say like the zombies are like. Like they feel like toys when you actually fight them, really. That, so you get a few boss fights and stuff, but it's like about one third of the experience, and the rest of it is just like mowing down humans. Who, um, it's, it's it's almost like the game is almost optimistic in the sense that it presents different groups who have very good reasons for what they're doing, um, but ultimately they just murder each other <laughs> nothing nothing good comes out of it it's just oh, it's a grim game it's a really grim game it's funny because it doesn't really i mean i i don't know i mean obviously naughty dog couldn't know what what it would be launching into like mm. if there's anything that that i you know that if there's any through line of understanding of human um nature that sort of seems to be coming through the COVID thing is that in general people band together. want to help each other and band together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so does it I mean does it feel like it's a false reading of of what 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 the sort of the post apocalyptic scenario would be? So there are occasional moments where um people do band together and create new society, like um there's a group that creates a a new kind of village in the American kind of like football arena and it's like yeah that's probably what would happen <laughs> and they've got a really good system for they've got like um crashes for children they've got hospital bits and they've actually like recreated society basically but the ultimate um message of the game is that everyone is made of revenge <laughs> and must kill, <laughs> must kill people who have wronged you somehow um which is quite sad, really. I, I mean, it's definitely not a game uh, I, w- I want to play. Like, I remember seeing the, one of the kind of revealed trailers for it. I don't remember if this was an E3 or, or what, but it was a trailer in which somebody was being uh, hung from a tree and mm-hmm. then uh, your character goes around and shivs people in a particularly gruesome way. And I just remember watching that and thinking, and, and, you know, I've watched plenty of extremely violent trailers in the past and none of them have made me think, Oh, I actually want no part of that at all. <laughs> That's a, that looks like an extraordinarily horrible experience that I don't want to play. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but but even though I have that reaction, I don't know that um, 
uh, I would dunk on it on, on in the way that a lot of uh, the internet has taken against it as being artistically invalid for those reasons. But sure. uh, I, obviously, none of us has played it. Is it artistically invalid? <laughs> um, I would say not at all. But I think it's actually um, ultimately I really enjoyed it. I think it was um, obviously enjoyment isn't an artistic measure, but um, I think. Uh, I think it's it's really good in terms of the the character studies of the two. So I, the reason why I'm struggling is because I can't talk about it without spoiling stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and what I would say is that the game presents multiple perspectives on what's happening in the main plot, which it, it initially seems like kind of Heart of Darkness um, revenge thriller, then becomes much more complicated when things switch around and change um i see and i yeah i i i can't say more than that without properly spoiling stuff um <laughs> but, but there's a, there's a proper there's a real kind of like raison d'etre there that they're actually they're trying to achieve something for sure with that yeah, yeah. i have been tempted i've been tempted mostly by um the kind of the the rope simulation God, and yeah, that's just, just attention to detail stuff. Yeah. Well, it came up on um, in the Discord channel uh, recently where some of our listeners put up a clip from a previous uh, Crate and Crowbar in which Tom Francis, the Far Tom, um, <laughs> wax lyrical about uh, Naughty Dog's rendering of tarps. And it seems like he has uh, he's had a similar revelatory experience with this game's rendering of ropes. <laughs> It sounds really good, yeah, <laughs> but maybe Naughty Dog should make a game about like battening down the hatches on a boat or something like that, from <laughs> murdering people's dogs. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like in terms of like how maybe it sort of falters in the um, kind of the moral ideas it's trying to present. Um, technically, it's fucking amazing. Like, uh, ev- like. So you've got your backpack and you've got loads of different weapons and stuff that can slot into your backpack. It never ever clips. Like it's all perfectly like physically modeled and it all works forever. And you never see any of that kind of clipping. Um, the, the rope uh, physics, as you say, is like, that's an extension of that. Uh, the rope physics are insane. Like the best in any game. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Like generally, uh, it's, it's such a small thing to talk about, but really... Like the the way that your character gathers up the rope and sort of yeah. like loops. Yeah, just a little incidental thing. I just thought, oh yes. And then throws it over, and it never clips in. It everything just works. Everything just works in this game. Um, and like even in terms of just like shooting things, there's a sort of um, there's a sense of desperation to the action, mm. which is um, very deliberate, and I think is very very good. And there are literally just scenes that are lifted from children of men um, in terms of like car chase bits. Um, there are certain kind of gauntlet bits that are just super, super good, even though they're like roller coaster bits that you can't really like divert from as a, you, you don't really get to make any choices, but they're fucking amazing. It's really good. Like it's really good. I also think the AI is really strong in that game in terms of the enemies. So hmm. there are enemies that are actually um, called runners who are basically infected, who, if they sort of see you, they will dash towards you. Um, but there are also clickers who are blind, but also um, 
they're sort of trying to echolocate you so you can hide behind things to prevent that but there's also um there's a brilliant en enemy type called the stalkers and what they do it, like they flank you basically that they hide behind cover and they sort of gradually surround you but i'm certain that they deliberately um make sure that the when you're looking for stalkers you see their legs just before they dart off hmm. so you actually like you can look around a corner and you'll you can hear them you can always hear them but um you'll see like the bottom half of their body before they dart off and, and that seems so deliberate that and there's so many touches like that throughout the whole the entire game even the way that humans hunt is really really good i think the the ai is exceptional in that game um mm. and that's one of the things i've not seen really talked talked much about um yeah i haven't really because i because i found the actual one of the things that st stayed with me from playing the first um last of us is actually just i mean when you when i stopped thinking about what it what was actually really going on story-wise um the combat's really good like there's this interesting really distinctive scrappy sort of yeah. quickly craft this um breathless kind of you know I'll, if i can head around there coming in and out of their consciousness you know um half stealth half action you know um real cool scrappiness to it and yeah i haven't really seen very much about that yeah that's that's definitely absolutely intact in um last of us part mm -hmm. two um, and it's... When you say that the sorry, mate, no go, Karen. Well, when you say that the uh, the the AI is good, like for, the, for example, the human AI, are you talking about how credible it feels or, or how exploitable it is? Um, I'd say credible. There were there were certain moments where I could exploit the AI, where I knew if the if there was one way into an area, I could just throw a brick and make a noise. And they would all queue up, and I could just shoot them in the head. <laughs> one after the other. Um, but that was very, very rare. Like it was really rare that I could do that. Um, most of the environments are so open, and the um, what impressed me about the AI, AI is that um, the characters were just so adept at moving around those arenas in a way that would make sense to try and kill you. <laughs> um, mm. I think, yeah, I, I thought that, like it really struck me as being a, a, a particular strength of the game. Hmm. I've seen um, I've seen some clips of it uh, by uh, Sunny Legend, who does sort of like oh uh, yeah yeah extraordinary finesse moves and records them from Dark Souls etc. Yeah, um, and it's really marked how different his clips from. Uh, the last of us two are because even though obviously what he's doing is extraordinarily <clears throat> proficient um because he's surviving your character still looks like you're flailing desperately uh and could be shivved or or just have her head bludgeoned in at any point yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just it obviously it, it communicates a different thing about combat than most other games do not something that i necessarily find attractive <laughs> but interesting yeah, it, yeah, that's a really good observation, actually. Like, it absolutely... Uh, the point I keep coming back to is Children of Men, that film. Hmm. And the actual kind of, like, brutal, unflashy violence of people just trying to survive. Um, there, actual, uh, there, are some, there are some direct references to Children of Men in um, 
the last of us part two uh particularly in, t- in terms of like, some of the car chase scenes which are excellent um like the, they yeah they owe a massive debt to that film um, hang on there's working cars in the the last of us two yeah yeah you get to drive mm-hmm. you get to drive cars um of course you can drive cars marty you get to drive cars of course, of course. you get to ride horses um <laughs> and um your horse uh god i just don't want to spoil things but like yeah just be prepared for your horse to get blown the fuck up oh no oh yeah it's gonna happen i don't know i'm sorry yeah. horses um, have it coming <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it, i think it's it's a spectacular game but i don't know what like I don't know what the kind of value of it is <laughs> in terms of what I mean by that is like if you're going to make something from scratch and you want to give someone an experience do you just want do you want to make them fucking miserable <laughs> about the world and humanity or do you want to actually I think, make something else I mean that's that's legitimate if you have something profound to share and while it sounds like this game does have things to say. They don't sound particularly profound. The only thing like I would say about the game until the final third, because it presents like many sides of um, the revenge fantasy that's happening, hmm. and which implies that like people aren't innately evil, basically. Okay. Um, so they're trying to like uh, counter the idea that you know the, the sort of like. Oh, this person is just a psychopath and wants to kill everyone with a baseball bat. That's not a thing in this game. Until the final third, I think they really shit the bed. Oh, no. Yeah, with the final sort of faction that you encounter, hmm. where they're just like straightforwardly absolutely evil. <laughs> um, whereas I think like before that, they were actually setting up quite, quite a good, interesting ethical debate like you know of course these people hate each other and they want to kill each other but they each have their own good reasons for it that's a good that's a good drama but yeah but um when you go into the final third yeah you, you encounter the uh yeah I, I won't say because again spoilers <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to talk about yeah it sounds it I guess the problem with the game is whether it's telling you something you don't, you you, you already know. Uh, I mean, I feel like if it's getting to the point where its grimness is preachy uh, and it's telling you, look, well, actually, you know, violence seeds further violence. And actually, you should be feeling guilty about playing a video game in which violence is seen as a form of entertainment. Mm. Um, I mean, I just I, I don't need to be told that lesson. Um, I, yeah, um, for what it's worth, like, I don't think it does that. I've seen lots of hot takes online about that good um but i don't think i 100 percent don't think it does that like it's like yeah it's just about good character motivations like of course then mm. wants to fucking kill this person she has a really good reason to do so um and you understand that like yeah, and it's not mm. the game never says she's wrong for doing that like she's a monster sure but like it, it never wags its finger at you um, and I, I, I think it's like uncharitable mm. to take that um, against it. Hmm. Maybe I will play it when I finally get my uh, PlayStation back. We shall see. 
What else have you been playing, Tom? Um, sort of, I've been playing Humankind. And oh, Humankind <laughs> is a forex um, strategy game, um, historical one. Um, that is basically like Does it provide you with lots of hope from the, for Humankind? Was it a tonic? <laughs> I mean, it's much better. Than, <laughs> it's much better than The Last of Us um, <laughs> in that respect. Um, yeah, so Humankind is basically like civilization, but it's Amplitude's take on civilization. And Amplitude uh, was formed not too long ago, probably like eight, nine years ago. And they made uh, Endless Legends and is it Endless Space? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Endless Space. Uh, and Endless Space too. Um, and I've been following them for ages. And they're like, their strategy games are really good. And I'm delighted mm. they're, that they're actually taking on Civ. Because I, I found that Civ 6 particularly was so weak. And it was such a kind of like, um, you have no competitors, so just do the same thing again. Uh but with like a, a, a poorer, uh, a worse art style. Um, and yeah, it's really great to see someone like actually like step up and say, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. So we're going to, we're going to make a historical civilization game. And uh, instead of actually like, occupying a character, like instead of stepping into the sandals of uh, Caesar, you are actually like, you embody the spirit of the culture. Is what one of the mm. developers said to me. Um, and what that means is that you get to adopt a culture once you've settled in a city, but then you also get to like merge with other cultures as you kind of progress through the game. Um, and the victory conditions are not like you can get like military victory, victory conditions that, like, if you actually conquer everyone, um, you will win. But if, for example, in the first two phases of the game, you just discovered loads of stuff, you just researched loads of stuff, and actually made loads of kind of revelatory uh, philosophical discoveries, um, but then you got like invaded to fuck in the la- in the second half of the game, you could s- still win because th- the win condition in this game is about legacy. It's about the impact you leave on history rather than pure like uh military conquest or like either way that the culture is framed in sort of civilization like that's still a type of conquest um whereas in this it's like if you have actually like made x number of discoveries you've already won like you've actually like secured your place in the canon and and when does it tell you you've won at the point where you tip over into making a sufficient number of discoveries or can you just become extinct and then the game carries on for another thousand years and then it tells you you won after all i think the latter actually um oh wow okay which is kind of which is nuts right <laughs> uh, obviously you don't, yeah. you don't want to just sit there and just like not play the game for ages but um i guess you you can fast forward and see where it ends up um but it's just a very different take on the forex thing, like especially because like combat is so bad in those games. The idea of like just stacking up a big kind of pile on hex and then left clicking and the right clicking on another hex. Um, so in this game, when that happens, like, as in Endless Legend, um, it winds out into an actual battlefield 
and you actually have to order your units around to actually do stuff. Or total worry sort of thing, real time sort of thing. Yeah, almost. Um, it's actually it's still time based, um, but like uh, a portion of the map opens up, and that's the combat area, and you've got like three units, and it's still like hex. It's still turn based and like hex based, um, but you get to move your units around and actually like kind of you can actually uh, beat the odds by actually playing well in that context. Um, this is an endless session thing that didn't turn out terribly well, but they've tried to adapt it. Um, so like I can't vouch for its quality because I've not played it, um, but it's very interesting. Like it's a really cool take on this. That sounds amazing. I'm just thinking about what you were saying about the the wing conditions and how are you, how would you apply that to our own uh, benighted timeline? Right. Like are we to um, the the twenty second century, and then you know the game ends, and it's like no, actually the Sumerians won. <laughs> Everything after that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cars pointless. Pottery is where it's at. <laughs> oh God, I got into the Sumerians. I invented bread. <laughs> Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if the Sumerians invented bread, but you know. Yeah, but so, so for example, like the Sumerian tablets, that would be like a proper win condition in this game. Like to produce those and actually, you know, have those still be a good turn in a <laughs> yeah. modern era. That is, that's the idea of a win condition in this game. Is that it's legacy. Like it's about the legacy of your culture, even if you get deleted, which is a fucking cool idea. Huh. Yeah, that does sound really good. I do like, I mean, the sort of the civilization, one of the struggles that, that series has had is with winning being a matter of dominating, you know, which is just one vision for what um, kind of, I shy from even using the phrase, but like a successful civilization, you know, successful yeah. culture. Yeah. Like, you know, and they, they're, obviously there's there are cultural victories now, but um yeah, like to, to sort of shear all of that away into, you know, these kind of, yeah, much more... Well, it, it assumes that everything is, is literally competition mm. yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. Uh, more of a continuum. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. Gosh, that sounds exciting. It's it's a, It's been a long time coming that somebody's really shaken up uh, the, the Civ template, I think. Yeah, that... Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave Civ Six five out of ten. Oh, in edge. Geez. Um, oh, so like a you know an eighty percent from a PC gamer. <laughs> um, but the reason I did that was because it was so fucking safe and boring, and also just had like, like you could play any of the earlier games and get a better right. game than that game, um, and it's had some. Like uh, it's, it's has some expansions and stuff that has, you know, improved it, and that's always the case with these games. But I just felt like it was, it needs that competition. It really needs someone to stand up and say, "This is a boring take on history. This is a boring take <laughs> on Forex." Yeah. Um, and it's finally happening, I think. I don't know why I took a dig at PC Gamer there. I don't feel that way about PC Gamer scores. I'd like to take that back. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> no need to apologise. No, 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 don't, no, don't take, no, no. Just hang out, <laughs> hang out to dry, Tom. 
But the more spice, the better. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Look out for our um, piece of game in the top 100 this year. <laughs> it's going to oh, be, yeah. it's going to be some chat. It's going to be good. Yeah, has that happened then? Has it already been debated? It's all it's all fixed. Literally, it's fixed. As, as of yesterday, fixed, it's all fixed. fixed. It's fixed in place. John, no. Oh, fixed in the sense that it's. Oh, right. I see. You've decided. It's all a great big in... fix. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah it's locked in place. It's locked in place. Uh, do, do you want to know what number one is? Yeah. You can't reveal that, surely. Um, I can't. No, I can't say that. Oh. When's oh. it going to be revealed? What a, um, what a tease. Month or two. Month or two. Okay. Okay. I always, I always enjoy the the top 100. I know that uh, it gets people fucking furious, oh, which yeah. is one of the reasons I enjoy it. But me too. It's it's just nice to occasionally, you know, have a retrospective and, and think about how you do value these things over time and how your your you know value judgments about games has changed over time. I think it's a useful exercise, even if you don't agree with the the number ordering or whatever. It's just it's useful to to think about old things again and reassess them. I don't... Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just like the ridiculousness of the project as well. Like it's uh, <laughs> yeah. for anyone to get angry about it is to is to suggest that it it isn't a ridiculous thing to do. <laughs> exactly. so, but anyone actually doing it like you know full well how ridiculous it is and you can have a laugh with it yeah that's absolutely right alex um and also every year we get to um annoy john mug a little bit more um, <laughs> and this time will be even more intense and we are greatly look forward to that so oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> cruel so satisfactory is number one then i mean it's got to be really well we'll see We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Marsh, what have you been playing? I've been playing more Desperados, which uh, we talked a bit, a little bit about last week. Um, so I, I won't talk for terribly long. But um, just to, did you to ride any fences? Did I ride any fences? You know, it didn't get it. It's the song. That... Desperado. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for too long now. Would that would that represent your experiences in Desperados, the game? I've never heard that song before. Yeah, same. Oh, that Jesus <laughs> Christ! What a couple of <laughs> not cultured enough. <laughs> same. I'm sorry. Why? I don't even understand what riding fences means. I don't know either. Where it's going over them or whether straddling them for a while. I don't know. Can you, yeah. can you, do, no the, can you do the next verse? Huh? <laughs> can you, can you do, sing more? Can you do the next verse? I don't know what the next verse is. <laughs> or, or at least the chorus. <laughs> uh, is that the chorus? I think that might. Well, I don't, that was I don't the think chorus. It really, it does, yeah, it doesn't really have a chorus. I just replayed it in my head. Good song. It's a really good song. Look it up. Look it up. Hang on. I might. I might. <laughs> I hope that doesn't get us a copyright ban because of your perfect, no perfect <laughs> right. rendition of it. It was beautiful. It's a song by the American rock band Eagles. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Oh, I thought yeah, I knew. It's Eagles. ranked at 494 on Rolling Stone's 2004 list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. So, Get in there, Desperado. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah. So, no, I haven't ridden any fences, which does sound like that may be a, a thing you would do in America where they didn't they didn't fully embrace the style as a, as a means of uh, getting over fences. So maybe an awkward straddling of a fence is, uh, is the, natural, the natural calamity 
that befalls anybody who tries to climb over one in the Old West. It doesn't happen in the game. Uh, it's a stealth RTS uh, where you control five, five, um, five Old West archetypes uh, who all have various different abilities. And you go around stealthing and stabbing your way through canyons and farms and bayous and new orleans and uh it's all viewed from a sort of like faux isometric perspective uh, which you can rotate it's fully 3d but has the kind of immediate look of one of the yieldy isometric games um and it's it's really fucking good like the combination of those characters abilities it just has a, h- a huge number of possibilities that emerge from that and they're all really exciting uh, and you can pause the game at any time and you can queue up action so you can sort of have the characters cooperate with them when you hit the enter button so that they do things simultaneously and um that that is it's 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 really good and like it's really good up until a point um and it's a really weird point like it's just this level i don't think i've ever experienced this to this extreme in a game where a game has just completely 180'd in its sort of attitude towards the player and it feels like the the, the levels leading up to this um it's in, it's quite a long way into the game i guess maybe eight levels into the game or something like this but and the levels are big they take a long time or at least they do for me because i like because they're so fun they're like little playgrounds i want to just fuck around in them for ages so like one single level took me like four and a half hours to complete because i was just fastidiously going around killing every single bad guy i could find and hiding them in in a single bush for no real good reason (laughs) but the but the thing about its mechanics are they're so encouraging they're just it's just like the game is this constant cheerleader for you and you're like oh i wonder if i could do that and the game's like yeah go on do it yeah oh yeah oh that was great yeah oh yeah how about doing this that's even better you're amazing and you're just just constantly improvising in new ways to combine your characters and their abilities and um it's just so just 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 a joyous yes man to you to you and then this (laughs) level is just like no no you can't no, you won't get away with that. Mm-hmm. And it's miserable. I've never never had a game just turn around and just fucking punish you for trying to experiment or do anything. And it's, it's it, so it takes away all of your skills, um, which is a bad thing to do in games anyway. Like, it's like it's the, that whole first person thing where you get nobbled over the back of the head and they, they take away your weapons for a level. And that's always shit. <laughs> and it's shit in this RTS as, as well. At least I think it is. And it's after like a heavy night out is the excuse, and you've deposited your all your all your tools basically on a on a boat. However, if you go to the boat first, as I spent a long time doing, um, you can't get your weapons. You have to do the level first, mm. uh, how it chooses, how it believes you should, and then get to the boat. You can't just get to the boat and then come back and do the rest of the stuff, which just fe- feels like, I mean, for one thing, it's badly worded instructions, but also just like, ah, oh, come on, why not allow you to do that? You know, it wasn't like it was without challenge for me to get to the boat without my tools. So I don't see why I shouldn't have been. Anyway, but aside from that, so it, it takes away all your tools. Um, it also is just like a step up in the difficulty of the enemy uh, con- combinations that you you, you face. Oh, right. So, so in addition to not having the tools, it also ups the the, the fundamental difficulty. Yeah, exactly. Like I, the 
there, there's uh, a bunch of different bad guys that you face. Um, the, your average bad guy is easy to kind of dupe and lure and stuff. And then you have characters with ponchos on who can't be lured away from the position that they're standing in for for any reason. And then you have uh, an, uh, other bad guys in these uh, long dusters uh, who are who can't be taken down in a single hit and uh, are generally just much more of a handful to deal with. And the way it positions them, it, it, it's such that you might have like a roaming long coat who's just going round and round and round and round, and then four ponchos all looking at each other. And that's just a hard nut to crack, uh, you know? And, it, and it's so, I mean, not impossible, but like it, it's just a big step up in, in the difficulty from what you've been facing. And the, the problems that it poses to you typically in this level have fewer solutions as a result partly because you don't have as many weapons but partly just because the 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 difficulty posed by the scenario suggests really only one particular way of tackling the problem and it's and it will and if you think there are more than more than one way then you'll be punished for it basically it really the, the game really encourages you to quick save and quick load, but I think I quick loaded more on this level than I did all of the other levels I've played combined. It's just, it, it doesn't give you really any leeway for failure. And on top of, so on top of uh, taking away your weapons, increasing the just difficulty of the scenarios you face, it also introduces a major new handicap for you, which is that the, it's recently rained, the ground is muddy, and so now you can be spotted by your footprints and tracked um and your footprints disappear after time but like it's just and some people i mean I, you can also use this to your advantage and that you can use your footprints to to lure people um but you already have the ability to lure people and that ability is consensual <laughs> in the other uh, in the other occasions you use it and this is just i don't like fine do one of those three things but I don't know why you'd do all three of them at the same time. It's just cruel. And I, it's just, a, I don't know quite what they were thinking. But then um, Matt Castle played it and he said he really enjoyed that level. So <laughs> maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I just didn't, didn't spot the thing that you're meant to do. That makes it trivial. But Christ, I thought it was absolutely wretched. And it was almost wretched to the point where I would have just stopped playing and never gone back to it. Um which I mean happens in plenty of games, but usually those are bad games, you know, or you can see that point coming from a way away. Whereas this, I was really enjoying it more than most other games this year until the point at which I started really, really hating it. And it goes back to being incredibly enjoyable after that, which is strange. You get another character. Uh, she's got a cat and she can use mind control um, as all uh, cowboys can. Um so yeah, uh, and it becomes incredibly fun and joyous and experimental again. But I don't know what happened on that level. What their what their brief was, why the how how it got through playtesting, or what playtesters thought of it. There are many games that do do the kind of withhold your tools, you know, level, which they generally are quite frustrating and, and annoying. And I think, you know, the, that seems to be what they're. Their function appears to be, hey, you've learned all those skills. Now, 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 the real test comes. Um, mm. But like, yeah, it is usually frustrating. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's it's. I suppose it depends whether the game's joy comes from experimentation or not. Having that that huge uh, tool set is is one of the things that I love about it. Not because the challenges become trivial, but because I, I enjoy playing with the the machinery that they've given me. And as soon as they take that away. I mean, I don't really care about being challenged. I care about having lots of fun things to toy around with. And so they seem to have misapprehended what I was playing the game for, which is not their fault, I guess. But but also, um, also perhaps the game becomes much more about micro in a way which you could completely avoid in mm. all of the preceding levels. Like, I'm bad at micro. I don't like... Uh, real-time strategy games in terms of like your starcrafts etc because i cannot just command that many units i can't switch select and do things like this this game allows you to break stuff down uh a lot not only because it allows you to pause time but but just because it's not that it's not so the character skills aren't so divergent that you can't mostly muddle your way through with a single character um in a lot of scenarios even if another character might be more efficient to to crack a particular problem so i haven't really been it hasn't the game hasn't really demanded kind of lots of micro switching but then suddenly when you have characters who uh can be traced by their footprints you really need to be not just moving your character out of the way you need to be kind of duking around things and and uh really kind of being precise about where you click and uh i i, I just find that way more challenging than anything else in the game yeah, it's meant to be a game about um, planning, you know, and, mm. you know, as soon as execution becomes more important than planning, that's the, that goes over the balance that I'm looking for in those games as well. Yeah. There's also something weird about the fantasy of the stealth in it, which sort of breaks down. Um, because in previous levels, you can imagine that you are scooting through the shadows and emerging from bushes and grabbing people and sticking their throats and then pulling them into the darkness. Um, but in this level, you're often just in the middle of a street surrounded by enemies and you're just kind of like zipping through this narrow uh, line in between all of their sight cones. And it just feels completely barking mad <laughs> that you'd walk down the street, this busy street, and individually kill every single person on that street without them noticing. It just it just feels really really strange. Um, yeah, Aww. I still recommend it though. It gets really. I mean, it's, it's still a great great game. Uh, are you, you going to finish anything? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still playing playing way ahead. But I just uh, I'd be really interested to to hear what the consensus on that level is because it was so strikingly different to me. But maybe other people played it differently. Yeah. I mean, they should really be playing Satisfactory instead, though, really. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when do you think you're going to be brave enough to um, show Kane you're working? Never, never. Never. Because <laughs> I've got grass growing through all my stuff. I haven't put any foundations down or anything like that. Oh, so it's just grass. Messy. It's a messy. mess. It's a mess. Unless my mega new factory is like worth it, then I might showcase it. Yeah. But I'll be very embarrassed. Very embarrassed, as one would, edit, and you know, one always is with something that hold, you know, one holds dear, you know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cherish your mucky factory, Alex. <laughs> Showed you some questions. Hell yeah! <laughs> Good. 
<laughs> what questions shall we do? I don't know. It's really hot. It's, it's really, really hell, hot. yeah. But I meant the the heat of hell, yeah. Which might be a heaven's no. So I think yeah. we, we've had some, um, we've had a few questions um, from the internet, but I think that I'm quite interested in asking questions of each other. As what is this? Um, Personal it, questions? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> might be about games. Who knows? But uh, it's extremely hot. And I can't be bothered to read the emails. Um, <laughs> uh, so what I propose is that uh, we each take it, <laughs> take it in turns to ask each other a question. And I will start. Mm. Um, and I'm going to ask Marsh a question. And my question to Marsh is, what game has given you the most joy? Oh. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about Fez recently. That's probably up there. That's a great one. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, it just pure um, serotonin hit is uh, Peggle. It's pretty good. Things like Peggle is just fucking pachinko, isn't it? Like, you can download a sort of gambling version of that on your phone. Like, it's actually... Have you have you played Peggle recently, Tom? Not recently. That that game still it's still got it still it really banks. has still got it i um it's it it just has like as marsh sort of side to say like that chance like it dances between sort of chance and kind of and um and the sense that you do control it and you can control it like i i think you can be bad at it and you can be good at it um and that little dance you know it provides a lot of the joy because you know, you're kind of proud of yourself. At the same time, you you thank it for kind of, oh, yeah, that went my way. Thank you very much. And the way that the little um, orchestral bit at the end comes up, that's still really good. What, the Ode to Joy? Yeah. yeah. Um, so still real good. I would like also to... Say... Sorry, sorry, Karen Mosh. No, 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 please. Oh, I, I was going to press you a bit more. Like, like, apart from that one game, like, what other games... Have, like, what one other game has given you joy? <laughs> You're exploring an emotion which is not that familiar to me. <laughs> um, uh, recently, I mean, I, I think this has been mentioned in the podcast before. I think I name checked it not that long ago. But um, Wide Ocean Big Jacket uh, really delighted me. Um, it's an indie game that's in the 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 Itchio Black Lives Matter bundle, but it's also just purchasable from Itchio. Right now, and it's uh, it's just a really sweet little story about uh, people going on a camping trip. But the, it's just told with in, in incredible wit. Like the characters are just in, just superbly characterful, and the things that they say are just just very very well scripted. And it also uses. It, I was going to say, I mean, it sort of doesn't really need to be a game for it to succeed in those regards, but it also does do stuff with uh, the game space that uh, that is funny. There's a thing where it does where it cuts away to um, sort of like a still um, image whilst people are talking and it just presents their what, their, their text on a, on a sort of like black screen, almost like a, in a silent movie. But the, it uses that to great effect to kind of break up 
um, your experience of the 3D space in a way which it can set up jokes. It, it sounds, I've kind of over explained it, but um, <laughs> like, so you'll be talking to somebody and uh, you, you'll be like, hey, can you join me at this table over here? And it'll cut back to 3D space and he will have gone. And the thing he was holding will just drop to the floor and then you'll turn around and you'll see that he's already kind of <laughs> teleported to the, the place where you asked him to meet. But it's just, uh, it's just little things like that. The stuff it does with the camera. There's an amazing moment in it where I thought it had really gone off the rails. I don't know. I, I, try not, I wouldn't want to spoil it, but like something, something happens which just feels tonally completely wrong <laughs> for the game. And I was like, holy shit, this, 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 this is a dark, dark place for this game to go. And then it just... And then because you, once this happens, the, the only control you have is to kind of move left or right and the camera just swings to look at each of the characters. And it does it in this kind of really kind of swinging and then sudden stop. And it's just this like slam zoom on all these just absolutely appalled looking faces. <laughs> and they have the exact same reaction that you, you did. And it's just it's such a good moment because it just flipped. Like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that moment where uh, I was thinking the game had, had put a misstep and it hadn't at all. It had done exactly the right thing. And that was uh, a moment of delight. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Sorry, I answered that more uh, longer than. That's, uh, why are you apologising, Marty? That, that's an exceptional answer. It that's sounded it. like you were you were flailing for an emotion that you'd never felt, and now and then suddenly <laughs> we were we were um, we were we were we were floored by the fecundity of uh, your experience. But but now oh. but now um, we get to enjoy uh, Marsh asking Alex a question. Yeah, what is that? What is the thing that I want to know about, Alex? <laughs> yeah. what, what is that? Well, I do I do actually have a question. Um, mm. I'm feeling it's a question we, I may have asked you before, mm. um, but um, to compensate for that, I also have a follow-up, oh, which is related. So what is the name of your horse in Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what was it? It was... It was um, uh, it was something to do with backs, lumbar or something like that, but it died. What was it called? That's relevant to my follow-up. You know what? You know back pain? It's, like it's, mm. it's a back pain name because I what? think when I got the game. Sciatica. Sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> but but um but I it died. It died. I um I I was running away from some robbers and I got into a fight that I never wanted to get into and um and I died and I woke up to discover that I had no horse and thus um without having been even be able to mourn my back related back pain related horse um sciatica it wasn't called sciatica lumbar lumbago lumbago is that to do with backs it isn't is it lumbago, what is lumbago? <laughs> what is lumbago? <laughs> lumbago number 5 <laughs> lumbago i wonder what where I, my brain was why, why am i thinking oh yeah it's a it's a backache of the lumbar region yeah i, I was right why do i mistrust myself you didn't doubt yourself yeah doubt myself. you know all the kinds of things about back pain <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah i didn't even get to mourn lumbago um because i, I just woke up and lumbago was no longer there you see my follow-up was going to be lumbago dies 
<laughs> what do you call what do you call your replacement horse? Good There's question. no replacement. There's no replacement. Uh, no, but this is the thing. But I, I'm thinking you... it would be sciatica now. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I mean, you could just keep on naming new horses the same thing in order to create a, a kind of psychic continuum of horse. Could do. But, that doesn't uh, feel right to me at all because um because uh, that that game does a good line in. In you know that there are the different models of horse, uh, yeah. and then there are the different um, effects you can have on your horse, such as the the color of its um, plush uh, exterior. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's I love further, the idea. God damn it! I love the idea that animals are basically just plushies full of meat <laughs> rather than something. I was thinking like uh, I think I think what I was going for there was the fact that it's um it's it's basically GTA in it so that the cars are your ho- your the horses are your cars so like yeah mm. um anyway um th- th- there's such a range of them that that I don't think I'd ever be able to recreate Lumbago um and that horse's special things but I got a real real fast horse now it's one of them real hard fast ones can't remember what the make is now but um <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually better than lumbago on paper mm. lumbago <laughs> anyway it's your turn to ask me a question Alex. okay tom i've thought of a question Bring my it. question is this what warhammer figure would you <laughs> most like to um embody in a video game and what is the game in which you play that with that miniature? So- Explain to me what embody means. <laughs> so you are the figure. You are the figure. Perhaps it's a third-person game. Perhaps it's first-person. I, I am that character. But, or perhaps it's you're not embodied, uh, but you're enacting that character's point of view and general thing, what it does. Now nah, your your version is boring. I'd rather... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd rather be that, the actual dude. Um, oh, gosh. That's a strange question. Um, I would say I would like to be in the Warhammer 40,000 universe um, a Analdar knight. Analdar? Analdar. Oh, Eldar. Eldar. Right. Uh, they're, they're basically elves. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, yeah. Right. Have they changed their name or something? A bit, but this is this is fantasy, Marsh. They've 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 been reinvented. Oh, a bit. Yeah, they're all sort of like necromantic cult now. Um, but I'd be yeah. a, I'd be a good Eldar knight. I'd be sort of like egg of consciousness in the middle of this giant mech um, that is <laughs> trying to exact revenge uh, upon the people that have wronged the Eldar. And I would be very happy with that. <laughs> to me, that's a good afterlife. Um, that's what I would say. Ah, oh, revenge, revenge. Hey, I, I, I was just thinking while you're saying, flesh eater courts game would be good. You'd because uh, so basically, the, the do you know? Have you heard of the flesh eater courts, Marshall? Oh, is it a vampire thing? They're basically <laughs> yeah, it can't, they're ghouls. I think would be the more accurate yes. thing. Yeah, they are a bunch of really gross-looking dead things <laughs> um, who believe that they are. Um, knights, wonderfully um, uh, knightish kind of um, uh, uh, chivalrous knights 
um, who, an order of them who go out to do wonderfully chivalrous things. But what they're really doing, and they kind of like feast and that sort of thing back at back back at the um, back at the castle. But what they they don't, and they don't realise that they are actually these undead ghouls who drag stuff and living things and 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 eat them and, and generally don't do particularly chivalrous things. And I think a game where you're somehow which somehow expresses this kind of great lie <laughs> trying to eat flesh eat collect and eat things while also feeling like you're doing a good job of it i think that would be a good game that does sound beautiful <laughs> <laughs> what, what what would it be match three puzzler or yeah, uh... it'd be a match three puzzler <laughs> <laughs> Those are good questions. Wow. Yeah. Well done, everybody. <laughs> we... <laughs> shall we um, Shall we call an end to these sweaty push proceedings? Let's do it. I, I had to close the curtains so because I'm sitting in the window, as discussed, at the, at the top of the pod, um, and now it's dark. I'm sort of on display as, as mm. this, the man in front of his computer on the sweltering night. Yeah. So... Um... Oh, I wanted to disclose this earlier, but actually, I've had um, I've got a little pot here with some cold water in it and a flannel. Um, and what I've been doing <laughs> is um, <laughs> setting up a fan at maximum intensity uh, just to my side, and also just washing myself down. <laughs> oh wow! Every forty-five minutes or so. Um, because in Britain we just can't fucking deal with heat. Like we just can't. <laughs> it's just culturally impossible for us. Um, it's sad. We don't have air conditioning, so that's how it goes. I wonder whether listeners will will feel compelled to listen to the whole episode again with that knowledge now instilled. <laughs> <laughs> I've 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 got a beautiful cold flannel <laughs> around the back of my neck <laughs> right now. Marsh, what's your situation? Um, well, across the course of this episode, I've <laughs> gradually become more and more naked. So uh, you can imagine that if you wish <laughs> or not. I'm just in my shorts now. That's where I'm at. <sighs> well, if you'd uh, if you'd like to send us a question for us <laughs> to ignore, um, we, no, we, will not, uh, we don't need to ignore them anymore because we'll be on no. fighting form. Indeed, it'll be cooler next week, possibly. Um, you can send us a question at questions at creightoncrowbar.com or you can tweet us at creightoncrowbar. Um, all these recordings are uploaded as videos to YouTube and you can find other nonsense bias there. The address for that is youtube.com slash creightoncrowbar. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon backers, who are very nice. Uh, you can back us, too, if you wish, at patreon.com slash crowbar, or you can join our wonderful Discord community. It's very, very, very nice. Uh, the link for which is on our website, which is creatingcrowbar.com. I've been Marsh Davis. I've been Alex Wiltshire. And I've been Tom Senior. I wonder what new listeners make of that. <laughs> Good question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like energy. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs>